love to be here with Miley. I think it's discouraging. I just think it's amazing, and I want to thank all my colleagues for the unanimous consent vote so we can do this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. She's pretty young to be making history. She is. That was Senator Tammy Duckworth talking about her history-making moment back in 2018 when she became the first person to bring her infant onto the floor of the U.S. Senate. Not only that, she was the first U.S. senator to give birth while serving in office. Hey, everybody, I'm Dana Bash, CNN's chief political correspondent in for David Chalian, and this is The Daily DC. So this Sunday is Mother's Day, and for many moms across the country, quarantine and social distancing may mean spending the day apart from their loved ones. For other moms, it means wearing even more hats than us moms usually do. So in honor of Mother's Day and to highlight a truly badass woman, I'm excited to have Senator Tammy Duckworth joining me to discuss governing, being a mom, being a homeschooler, all of those things. Senator Duckworth, thank you so much (laughs) for joining me. I appreciate it. Oh, Dana, thanks for having me on. And go moms. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, by the way, obviously nobody can see, but I'm wearing a shirt right now for this occasion that says hashtag mom life in honor of Senator Duckworth. So on that, let's start with the new reality that so many parents, moms and dads are facing. You're working, you are with your children, you are homeschooling or at least helping with distance learning. Now that is true across the country for parents you are in a unique situation because you're a United States senator, so you're also working for the people of Illinois. How's it going? It's rough. <laughs> it's, well, let me just say, I mean, no matter how rough it is for me, it's not as rough as the single mom who might be in a minimum wage job, you know, who might be a cashier at a grocery store who has to show up for work, and now what does she do? Because there's no child care for her um, and because the schools are out. But yeah, it's rough. I mean, this morning I uh, came in, I had a, a, an armed services hearing committee, uh, committee hearing, came in, sat through that, um, then rushed back home so that I could be home for a 12.30 to 1.30 Zoom conference call with her school because she has a school class meeting every day, got that done and then immediately turned around and got back in the car and came back to the Capitol and made it back just in time to vote. Um, and now I'm here with you. And once we're done, I'm going to get back in the car and head back home because it'll be time to take over because, you know, my child care gets done at six o'clock. And so um, I've got to be there to take over. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, I Mm -hmm. should say you have a five-year-old named Abigail. You have a two-year-old named Miley. And so Uh you're in it. I mean, you are in it. But you said that you do have childcare. How is that? I have childcare, and I'm very fortunate that my mother um, also lives with us, but my mom is 79 years old. So it's it's tough, you're right, because childcare is, is a precise schedule. And when they're done, and you have to be there to accept the handover back of your children. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm there all the time to do the homeschooling, to make the dinner and do all of those things that needs to happen. And so it, it was always a juggle before being a full-time working mom, um, working outside the home, but this has made it even that much harder. And so are you staying home as much as you can? Obviously this week is unique in that you as a senator are being asked to come into the office, which of course is the United States Capitol. Um, but before that, were you as home as much as you could be just for safety and social distancing purposes? Yes. Yeah, so um, like most folks, we were social distancing. We were home. Um, I was home full time. But of course, I was on conference calls uh, as a senator. I, you know, 
we can do anywhere from two to a dozen calls and conference calls um, in a day. And in many ways, I feel like my schedule was busier now that we are um, on staying at home and on quarantine. I'll, I'll be on a call and suddenly a two-year-old is running past me, you know, because she doesn't want to have a diaper put on and it's like naked baby butt <laughs> running past on a Zoom conference call. It's like, oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> but, you know, I'm at, my, I'm at my dining room table and this is, this is just the way it has to be. Yeah, and everybody is so much more forgiving than we would be as a society, no matter if you're a senator or not, right? Just because I feel like everybody is in it. People get it. Um, but but you have a different situation. I mean, you said to to one of my colleagues, I think earlier last month, that you've got the Armed Services Committee in one ear, you're trying to Zoom uh, in another with... Uh, 24 five-year-olds yep. for your daughters, for, for Abigail's class. What's it like? It's crazy. I mean, literally, um, she has four Zoom conference calls uh, a week, Monday through through uh, Friday. Is this kindergarten? This is pre-K. Can you believe that this is pre-K? Well, wait, how many Zoom calls? Four. For pre-K? Four. Wow. For pre-K because they're doing distance learning. And so, I mean, that's wonderful because you don't want them to regress. Um, but even so, I, I, even with the, with the regular meetings, I feel like she's regressing a little, mm, you know, and, you it's, and it, ter- it, I do, and it terrifies me. And so like today, when I had to be in for, um, the armed services hearing, my staff said, can you just stay and then finish off the day? And then, and, and, um, and then, you know, I said, no, I can't miss the Zoom conference call because I, you know, she's going to miss two plus five equals seven. And then, then it's on me because I was a bad mom that I wasn't there to Ugh. help her keep up. It's right? like a dagger and in so, the heart, right? It is. So society might be more forgiving and people on these Zoom conference calls might be more forgiving. But in some ways, I think we moms are even harder on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, so I have a son who'll be nine next month. And I think about the fact that I'm so lucky because he can manage the iPad and the app that he has to use for his classes pretty much on his own. I will get a text from the iPad about six to seven times a day from his quote unquote classroom, which is his playroom. Mom, I need your help. Mom, I need you. Mom, I need you. So, you know, you run up and down the stairs, but it's not the same as a little kid like you have, not to mention the two-year-old. So you're doing everything you need to do and potty trading at the same time, right? Well, exactly. And and they see me home. So it's wonderful. They're like, mom is here. We get mom all the time. But why isn't mom paying attention to us? Well, mom's, you know, on a Democratic caucus call listening to Chuck Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> Who cries more, your kids or Chuck Schumer? No, I'm kidding. Uh, me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I want to talk about how this relates to your job as a policymaker, right? And as a legislator, because you tweeted this weekend uh, an article from The Nation about how difficult it is going to be for parents, moms and dads, to get back to work in a real way when and if there is no school or or real childcare. And you tweeted, if it's not reasonable to open up the schools and it's not reasonable to green light summer camp, then it's not reasonable to reopen the hair salon and force some working mother to spend more money on childcare than she'll make from her day at work. How how are you as a member of Congress, as a senator, thinking about dealing with this reality as part of the COVID response? Right. Well, 
you know, it's, it's impossible choices that workers are being put in. So this is about childcare. And it's also about, you know, the, all those workers in the meatpacking plants that are told you better go back to work and you, and, and you don't have a choice because if you don't show up like that, if that working mom doesn't show up for work, then you've quit. And if you've quit, now you don't, apply, now you don't qualify for unemployment insurance. And she can't afford to go back to work because she can't afford the childcare to take care of her children. Um, and so you, we put these parents into just these impossible choices. And so some of the things that I'm working on um, for first responders and for essential workers. And by essential workers, I mean, of course, our heroic doctors and nurses and, and firefighters and all that, but also our heroic uh, grocery store checkout um, cashiers and our janitors who work in those hospitals and all of those and the people who drive our public buses, the people in minimum wage jobs, the person who keeps me supplied with my McDonald's chicken nuggets for my daughter, you know, <laughs> um, they have to show up to work. And so I'm working to um, provide for additional funds uh, in, on top of their salary. And then in a worst case scenario, for those who uh, do catch COVID-19 and pass away as a result of their job, because they caught it on the job, a, a compensation fund for their survivors. Bottom line, you know, we need some things in this country that we've been fighting for for a long time. We need universal paid family leave. We need child care. We need universal pre-K. All of those things need to happen. So money is one of them, but you just alluded to this in the end of that answer, there's structural, really big structural things that are missing for parents, for moms, for dads to be able to cope. You know, even if they get money for childcare, not everybody can afford a nanny. So daycare centers may not even be open. It might not be an actual option. That's exactly right, Dana. It might not actually be an option where you can actually take your child um, uh, and and take them to a daycare center. Uh, you may not be able to get a nanny to come to your home. Um, I know folks who are thinking about um, doing group child care, but, but that's dangerous, right? I mean, why would we expose children to this this global pandemic that is literally, you know, killing, I mean, here in the U.S., over 60,000 individuals already. Why would we do that to ourselves? And and by the way, the people most affected by the, this are the people who are working those minimum wage jobs who end up being the people who take care of our parents in the nursing homes, who uh, make sure that our hospital rooms are clean, who make sure that they're handling our food when we get takeout. It's in our best interest, no matter what social economic you know spectrum you're in, to watch out for all of us because we're in this together. And if we just watch out only for the people who can afford childcare and forget about the working families, then eventually it's going to come back to affect all of us because then we will catch this epidemic because people cannot afford to not go to work and they will go to work when they're sick. Before I let you go, you mentioned that your mom is living with you as well, which is a nice thing to have. In, in any uh, case, but particularly as you're going to be celebrating Mother's Day, as I mentioned at the top, there um, are a lot of people who aren't able to be with their with their moms or moms able to be with their kids because they're social distancing. How do you plan to kind of take advantage of the fact that you have the luxury of being with your mom and being with your kids as a mom this Sunday? Yeah, so I'm like a lot of Gen X women. Uh, we're, we're the sandwich generation. I'm taking care of my elderly parent and I'm taking care of young kids at the same time. And, you know, we talk about childcare, but then also you have to worry about your elderly parents as well and the stresses from that. Um, we're going to have, a, you know, we're just going to, I'm going to take my girls and we're probably going to bake some cupcakes or something. Um, and I'll call it that chemistry class <laughs> for homeschooling. You know, maybe I'll call it math class because she's measuring flour and sugar Listen, or it's real. Um, it works. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're just doing, you know, but but we're, I am fortunate that my mom is with us because she can step up and she's great with doing that. Um, and I have, you know, I have that luxury of my mom being there. But then I also have, you know, I'm also handling my mom's doctor's appointments. I'm also handling helping her with her finances, you know, um, and, and making sure that she's well. And, and I'm, you know, as I go back in and out of the Senate, I worry that I'm taking back this, this pandemic. So that was the other thing I was going to, how are you keeping yeah. yourself as safe as you possibly can going into a building where people have flown in from all over the country on planes and staffers as, you know, staffers, mm-hmm. senators, everybody who works in the Capitol and in the office buildings? So, you know, one of the last things that I did in the army before I retired in 2014 was I actually gave briefings on global pandemics. Are you kidding at me? At the Pentagon. No, I'm not kidding you because at the time we were dealing with SARS and H1N1. Wow. And so that was my last, like one of my last army projects. I feel like we buried the lead here. Okay. <laughs> so what I've done, <laughs> here's what I've done. And, and I actually have very shallow trays from the winter time that you use to catch the snow falling off your boots outside my house. I've got those filled with a little bit of water and some Clorox in them. I have a cup of Clorox, um, which is what we did with Ebola and, and what we um, taught people to do where you would step in those and, and um, foot and mouth disease, mad cow disease, all of that. So I have that into the entrances of my home. We wipe down everything, which is a mixture of water and Clorox before it comes into the house. Um, I wear the mask, I wear the gloves. And now I have my wheelchair, which picks up all sorts of dirt. So I wipe that down in the garage. I actually have an indoor wheelchair and an outdoor wheelchair now. So I take the outdoor wheelchair that's only used outside and it doesn't go back into the house. It doesn't pick anything up. But I have that luxury, right? I have that privilege that the American people through the VA has provided me with two wheelchairs. A lot of disabled people don't have that. They have to use the same wheelchair. Now you're tracking you know, the disease into the house potentially. When I get home, the first thing I do is I go in, wash my hands, I head back straight into the shower and take a shower, you know, try to just decontaminate as much as possible. Because as again, I live with a two-year-old, a five-year-old, and my mom is 79 years old. I mean, I live with a vulnerable population. So when we ask these women, working moms to go back to work, you know, they have childcare, but then they are also in many cases watching out for their elderly parents as well. And they live in multi-generational homes because that's all you can afford. And this disease spreads very easily in multi-generational homes. And, and we just, ha- you know, so as we move forward with, uh, reopening the economy, one of the things I'm insisting on is widespread and free testing. Because if testing is going to cost 60 bucks and you're forcing women to go back to work at their jobs and who can't afford childcare, what makes you think they're going to be able to afford 50 bucks for mm-hmm. a test? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I get that. Uh, I know you're busy. You got to get home to that Zoom call. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day from us to your mom, please. And thank you for all that you do. I appreciate it. Thank you, and happy Mother's Day to you too, Dana. Senator Duckworth, thank you so much for joining me, and a special thanks to our listeners as well. The Daily DC is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer, and Haley Thomas is the senior news producer. Raj Makija is our technical lead. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Mimi Mutesa, and Priscilla Alabi, and engineered by Francisco Monroy. David Toledo is our team's production assistant. And a big special thanks to my producer, Bridget Nolan, for all of her help this week as I subbed in for David Chalian. It's been a blast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.